Hey friends, welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K, and today we have Yaniv Hoffman with us, aka Jericho. He's a singer, songwriter, brother, son, a friend, a human, father, and husband. The last two happened more recently, and Mazel Tov on that. This was a new and exciting way of podcasting, I must say, because the world is in lockdown, uh, social distancing is still in full effect, so we actually recorded this via Zoom. So I must apologize in advance for any disruption in the quality that you could count on here at the Great Day Podcast when it comes to our audio recording, but it's still pretty good and well worth a listen because we had a fantastic conversation and fabulous insights was shared by Yaniv, music was played, and we even had a special guest that joined us towards the end of the, po- of the podcast, so definitely well worth sticking around because that was awesome. So, without further ado, I welcome you to listen to the podcast with the one and only Jericho. Recording, and we are recording. Hello, hello, friends from near and far. This is the first ever podcast, the Great Day Podcast, Zoom edition, the quarantine edition. And to kick it off, I am here with my good friend, Yaniv Hoffman, a.k.a. Jericho Music. This guy is bringing a fresh new beat and tune and voice to what music is in the Jewish world and also, of course, worldwide. His music can be found wherever music is found, Jericho Music. Um, without further ado, what's up, Yaniv? How you doing? What's up, bro? It's good to be here. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Last time we, uh, we Zoomed, uh, we were, I was coming out of my coronavirus uh, symptoms and you were just like in it. So I'm glad to see we're both doing a lot better right now. I got some good strength from you, man. I appreciate that. You told me how, how, how it ends, which is important. There's definitely an end. When you're in it and your body's aching, you can't smell, you don't know what taste uh, tastes like anymore. It seems like it's going on forever, but uh, yeah, just a little hope. But you're doing good now? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good. All recovered. That's good. And I mean, just bored. <laughs> well, that's that, 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 I mean, that. I'm shocked to hear that because there's one thing that I just I just feel like I'm getting notifications on Instagram like, and Yanni drops another single. I mean, like every other week, it seems like you just drop in more and more music. And I don't know. It seems like you're like being the most productive of any of my friends right now in quarantine. What the heck, man? How are you? How are you pulling up? What's that regimen look like? Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy, actually. Um, I'm trying. I mean, I, I don't, I think I'm, I'm not doing the best job I can be doing, but we have a pretty rig- rigorous family schedule. We can talk more about it afterwards, but it's an intense, uh, time to, to go into that. And so we really need to do it properly. We really need like an intense schedule, um, to stick to or else it's just like watching TV all day and, and just like madness. Um, Fair and on. so if we can, if we keep the kids to a really strict schedule, we're also keeping ourselves to a strict schedule. And so the kids are asleep by, by eight o'clock, hopefully. And then I'm like, I have like a solid hour and a half to, to crank out. And wow. the song these days, I literally, I left the house after the kids went to sleep and I have a recording studio down the street. And, um, I was there from 8 p.m. until 7 a.m. Whoa. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. The hustle is the hustle is real with you, man. There's like there's yeah, there is no excuses. We all have 24 hours in a day, and it's just how uh, it's how we utilize that. How the, the difference you get about, up? Then uh, it's like I come back at 7 a.m. and my my boy Joshy, two year old, wakes up, just like right into it. Oh wow, man, that's 
Uh, wow. Kudos to you, man. When does these days has a, have you dropped it yet? Is it coming out soon? Yeah, it's not on Spotify or, or Apple Music. It's just uh, along with the video. It's on YouTube and IGTV. Awesome. All right. So those who haven't heard it yet, just check it out. Um, so let's, let's rewind it back because, I mean, you're dropping, you, you know, you're Joshy, three kids, wife. A year and a half ago, you were a single man. Now you're a dad of three, a husband. Like, whoa, <laughs> I'm breaking out of anxiety right now. But before we get to that beautiful story, which I'm, I would love to touch on because there's so much beautiful inspiration and and uh, and you, Simi, are just incredible souls. Uh, let's let's. I want to rewind a bit uh, and just hear get hear about you know the the inspiration that helped, that got you into music initially. What got you to express yourself, touch, um, express yourself through the art form of music? Um, we're talking about before the Judah Blue days. I'm saying like, where, why, why is music so important to you, and why do you feel like that's the way you choose to identify and express yourself and share yourself to the world? Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, I like that throwback, Judah Blue throwback. <laughs> hey, man, I, I did delve into the bit when I did Zosha with Shlomo and Zach, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, I, I, we'll talk about that. But tell me about like what's yeah. why music. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I started, I picked up guitar when I was like 11, I think, um, and just became addicted to it. Like my, we started our first band when I was in seventh grade. Um, and it was, it was actually with Shlomo. And so before we had a band for a year called Yield to Pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I was like, I was super into like punk rock at the time. Um, like Panic at the Disco and like sure. early, early stuff like that. All, all, like all time low. Um, and when the music really that, talks to you. Yeah. Like that, that period yeah, of time, like yeah, this right, mascara. Yeah, sure. <sighs> you got that like teenage angst. Mm. Um, and I just really connected to it in a way to, to express yourself. And I was like, it's so cool. We can get a couple guys together. They're like young guys, somebody on drums, almost playing saxophone. I was playing guitar and, um, just mess around. And like, just that, that ability to like create music with other people and just get lost in like this jam session is what initially kind of pulled me into it. Um, and I just like love that feeling. And I still do. I love, I love the feeling of like, of whether it's I'm practicing or I'm on stage, if I can like connect to the jam, which means like connecting to other musicians and like playing with them and together with them, then it's like, that's going to put on the best show because that's mm. the, I'm having the most fun and everybody's just driving, you know? Right. Just like, and you're creating, right. It's like a little fish action, just creation in the moment as you speak and just flowing with it. Yeah. I remember we were perm time. I crashed your house with this at post Uda and you whipped out the guitar and it was like, went on for hours. Just like, it's a beautiful, you got a really special way with the guitar. I know how to like read, read the crowd, which I think in itself is a very special and important talent to have. So like, it's, it's awesome. Just because we, I just got to touch on it. Cause when I came across Zusha, um, uh, Judah blue on, when I was deep diving, when I was doing the Zusha, I came across Judah blue and I saw like the music videos that are on YouTube. And for all those who are listening and watching, you got to check out these old school music videos on, they're on YouTube. It's there. Any pre beard before we were doppelgangers and all, um, it's just awesome. You see Shlomo there as well with like, you know, just doing his thing and it's, it's a whole different type of music. Uh, but it was really cool. It's, it's really amazing to see like, you know, the stars of today, you know, pre, pre like breakout when things were just like 
doing it for the music. Do you feel like there's a certain amount of pressure now, being that you're more well-known, there's a certain brand, a certain recognition? Do you feel like that has an effect on your music and how you operate when it comes to your creative, creative process? Yeah, great question. Um, totally. And it's so annoying. Mm. Um, I, I try not to fall into that trap where it's like when I'm writing music, I don't want to be thinking about like how it's, how it's going to look as like a Jericho song because then it has like, uh, I get caught up. Oh, but that doesn't sound like Jericho, but that doesn't sound like Jericho. Um, I like to just write and, and, you know, hopefully connect to people. And so that's why, like, if you listen to this, this EP that I just put out, uh, human, it's like every song is totally different and there's not really a genre there. I have like hip hop and R and B and some just acoustic folk stuff. Um, some like house beats. So it's really just like whatever I'm, I'm trying to express in the moment. Um, and so sometimes I'll catch myself while I'm writing a song being like, like, Oh, that's not Jericho. And then I'll be like, okay, so do that. You know, mm. always try to mix it up. Like who, who are you trying to write or like appease a certain demographic of people? Are you, are you thinking of the audience or your, or your community when you're writing or do you just like whatever I, you know, whatever comes to me, I'm going to put out there and people like it, like it. If not, not. Yeah. I mean, I think especially at the beginning, I like wasn't, planning to go down the Jewish route at all of in terms of like the crowd. I was, when I first started putting on music, I was coming from a, uh, like a business world of like working with, I was working at Columbia records and, you know, working, working with there? Artists. I was interning at Columbia. Oh, so I, I saw, yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, you know, some big artists, like we at the, you know, we on the top of it, you have like Adele and Beyonce, but, you know, on the lower end, you also have some really cool bands. Um, and I was doing A&R, so I was like looking for new music for the label. Um, and I like, I just, I, I wanted to, to approach music and the industry in a way that like wasn't looking at through a Jewish music lens, but rather that like, I'm a Jew, I'm a chassid, you know, and I'm going to make music and I'm going to make the music that I connect to and that other people will connect to in the way that I connect to other people, not in the way that Jewish music connects to other people. Um, mm. And so, but then it caught on in, in the Jewish community much more. Um, and which is not a bad thing at all. I'm happy about it. Um, but it doesn't change the way that I speak. Um, mm. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm speaking to the, to the, the Jewish people as a whole and, the world as a whole. And so I try not to get caught in like, you know, how am I going to say that? So it doesn't come off in a certain way. You know, it's, it's so tricky, man, that, that when you try to balance between Jewish, not Jewish, you consider yourself, you know, Jewish music, do people consider yourself Jewish music. I mean, how does one, how do you define Jewish music? Um, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, when it comes to like video creation and stuff, there's always mm -hmm. a backlash. There's a lot of support. There's also a lot of, a lot of vocal, you know, a lot of voice that says, you know, is this what, you know, you want to be showing or is this what you consider to be Jewish or kosher enough for, you know, for, for the community, for the people. So it's always this dialogue that I have, which I hear, but also internally always hear is like, wait a second. And there's so many different types of voices, which I try to appease, but then ultimately I have to, you know, connect with what I'm doing and, and make, make sure that it feels right and have the people who I lean on to that say, Hey, you're, you know, you're doing okay. 
But I wonder how you, like, what goes through your mind, what your process, and what you consider your music falls into. For sure, man. I, I, I really respect it about you and your work. And I was thinking about it when you put out that video about the, 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 the couple, the homosexual couple that are homeless. And yeah. I saw it and I was like, that's, I'm, I'm really impressed and proud of you that you chose to focus on that story. Because, you know, we have, we have halacha and we have, you know, a way that we are, that we are meant to be living our lives as Jews. But at the top of it is, is being like it is Judaism leading us to be better people. And I think that you have a massive audience and not just the Jewish audience. And that kind of content is going to inspire a lot of people. Um, and not necessarily yeah. your most, your most vocal, your most vocal, uh, part of your audience. Totally. I mean, that, that definitely did bring up a lot more vocalism from the, from the community and such. Uh, but yeah, the focus was with, with that was clearly just like focusing on people, not mattering what, who they are, what they, who they love, but just people in need and, and helping them out. And that's, and that's, you know, people who happen, you know, happen to be homeless and who happen to be, you know, happen to be gay. There's not, there's no barrier between our kindness and helping someone out. Um, but, uh, and, and that's what I love, what I love about your music as well is that there is no, there is no necessary filter. It's so true. It's so raw, so authentic. Uh, which I think, which I, which I connect with when it comes to music. I love to hear that kind of, you know, that kind of music where the rawness of hearing someone's journey, a story, the, 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 the journey of, of one, of one's person connecting soul to soul. And that's so evident within, within your music. Um, especially with human, um, which I truly love. I mean, I love Bulletproof. I love, especially when, you know, Leviticus throws it down hard on the remix and I go, I feel that like my pace just picks up when I'm running with it. I love it. And it's awesome. Um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm also digging like the, the, the more recent tracks, especially, um, because it's like, I just, I don't know, there's something deep and just heavy when I listen to that. And, and it's, it's quite amazing. And I wonder what your creative process looks like. Um, do you sit down like in a closed room, the kids are locked away or before the kids were even there? Like, do you have a certain time of the day? Do you just write when you feel like it? What's, do you listen to music before? Like what, what's that look like for you when it comes to writing music and getting to that zone? Um, I mean, the truth is every song is different, how it comes out. Um, but my, as like, once I became, uh, an artist, and it became more of like my career. Then I had to take my creative process, which was super abstract and kind of, I just, I, I didn't rely on anything. I just was like, whenever a song comes, it comes to me. But now that it's up, you know, now that I'm up like a full-time musician and I'm touring and I have to be on a schedule of like touring and writing music and providing, um, then I do have a little bit more of like a, a system to it. And the way I do it now is I, I pick up my guitar or I like record a piano riff and I just start like writing to it. Um, I try to tap into a certain energy or a certain emotion or a certain story um, to really bring, bring out, bring something out of it so that that song is not just like a generic song. But I'll be thinking about like one person you know, like one person who I know their struggle and their, what they're going through. And I'll try to tell their story and I'll try to like enter into their narrative um, or a more global narrative, you know? Um, and then from there, I'll like take my phone 
put it on voice memos. I usually record like, uh, you know, I have literally probably like 4,000 recordings of like, of like me, like riffing random words over chords. And then what I like to do is like, once I have enough, so I'll take that, I'll take all that like stuff that's in, in a medium phase and I'll, I'll go away for a few days and like really go off the grid and just finish all those songs and whichever ones are meant to become like full songs will become full songs during that time. But I'm just like told for like three days straight. Wow. Just like sign off from the world. And then I narrowed it down to like, yeah. And thank God my wife is, is supportive of it. Um, you know, just like take a business trip, you know, go away for a few days and just like focus on, so you legit actually, when you say it's not a metaphor, are you actually leaving the house and you're like going, like renting your cabin in the woods? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Got but that. until that point, which is just like a few days of like full immersion into the music, it's, it's just grabbing little tidbits of songs. Like today, I, today I wrote something that was like just a tidbit of a song. Mm. Are we going to play that? for you, but it's, but it's on my phone memos. So, and I'm using that okay. All right. All right. So we'll have to. <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah instagram will be upset about that wow yeah, so there's, there's an example of that by the way i can see my sisters on one of these on the zoom i have a song that that i started writing for her it's just like a little little tidbit of it and she's she keeps pushing me to like she's like did you finish my song yet did you finish my song yet um, uh, and i'm just like i'm like no it's not time for it to come to the world yet it's it's still in, in the birthing it's still in the in the birthing process exactly. fair enough um so some people are getting anxious about hearing some music from you, which I want to, I want to definitely get to. Um, just, just a few, just a, a few more questions beforehand, just to give some, you know, just some background, a bit more of, you know, who you are. I, I so admired that, you know, you, you, your background, you're, you're, I would say, I don't know how you define yourself when it comes to like, you know, being Jewish or, or like, you know, Chabad, not Chabad, but I know you have a big, Chabad has definitely had a big influence in you. And, um, I, I would love to, I'm curious to know how is it and what, how did that, you know, connection uh, with Chabad, what, what did you see there, learn their experience there that really transformed you to take a path of, to delve deeper into, into religious um, practice? Um, but I'm, I'm curious beforehand to just go back because I know you went to Israel for a year, you came back, you hooked up with the guys, you did, you know, Judah Blue, you, you dropped change, which was, you know, it seemed like your career was taking off back then in 2013, I think. Why do you decide to go back to Israel and join the army? Why did you like, why not just, if things were taken off with music, you were making music, you were with your friends. Um, why drop that all and then head back, head to Israel? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, back in 2012, I, uh, I was a freshman at NYU and, uh, I was like a year into, my first first year of college and I was like crushing it, you know, crushing the college life. Um, but it was also the time where I had ex been exposed to like a higher level of Judaism. Um, and so that year I was like super torn um, between like this, this, and I, I'm grateful for having gone through it because it allows me to connect to a lot of to younger people that are going through this. And I think it's like a huge struggle for Jewish youth today of like balancing the world of like, do I want to be doing what everybody else is doing? Like, do I want to be partying and drinking and, you know, going out yeah. and people and whatever it is like, you know, smoking and whatever that, that whole world. 
which is a very materialistic uh, life, but sure. also, you know, very fun in, in its time. Or do I want to be living a, a higher life? Um, one that's like, you know, a little bit less exciting at first um, and in a lot of the times, but it's, it's on a different plane, you know, and it, it has a lot more to give back, but it's a harder thing to commit to. And so I felt that, I felt that tear um, sure. kind of in me in that first year. And I was like, between like Shabbat dinners, which were like crazy and inspiring. And then, you know, Saturday nights going out to clubs in New York and just kind of like that. I felt myself being literally torn apart. Um, mm. And the, the music, like all the good things that were going on. At one point I, I had like a, a heart to heart with my best friend at the time. I'm still my best friend. But at the time we had a, a heart to heart together and it was at the end of our first year of college. and we're like, dude, we don't feel like the path that we're going down right now is going to lead us to the people that we want to be. Mm, deep. Wow. Powerful stuff right there. And it was a huge moment because that night we both decided to leave college and join the IDF together. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty impulsive and extreme. It was, um, yeah. <laughs> How do you connect? Okay, I don't want to live a lifestyle of partying, and you know, you know, I wanted more depth in my life. To like, okay, I'm going to sign up and move to Israel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of an extreme general, um, and so I was just like, sometimes we need just like uh, to push the restart button. Exactly, and some like sometimes all these other things of like changing little things here and there is it works. But it's a long game. Um, but if you have an opportunity or a window where you can press the restart button and just like, you know, rebuild yourself from scratch, which is a really cool thing about being young, you know, I can't do that now anymore. And I'm Bro, so grateful. You're, that, you're still young, right? Okay. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. In that period of time, you're saying that, that, yeah, exactly. that like once, yeah. Totally. Once you have like a family and, and you're married, it's like when you're young, you know, take advantage of the opportunity to grow exponentially by pulling certain moves. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be joining the army, but like you can, you can do a lot of dramatic things that, that allow, that open you up to, you know, to, to like different life paths. Um, Tremendous. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. I was just going to give, give a testament to you. Like what I, and then maybe you'll give credit to just your way of being or from the army itself, from your leadership skills, because you were a commander, right? In your unit, you had like 12, 12 soldiers under you. Mm. Um, so that's like amazing. And what, what I found fascinating, what I experienced myself was Jew culture and you also started to recognize Israel. So you came back from Israel and you went to university, but you also, you stepped up in that leadership role again. And you started developing and leading weekly Shabbat dinners, youth, uh, programs and movements. And like, you really stood up and I, it's so evident to see the transformation that, that took place from making that massive move, which you decide, Hey, do I want a life of meaning and purpose? Or do I want to keep going down this road, which is fun in the moment, but like there's not much payoff afterwards. So if someone who's listening right now is watching this right now, who's perhaps, you know, teens, early twenties, um, who has that type of freedom that we're talking about, what, what, how can, what kind of questions should they ask themselves? What kind of awareness can, can be brought to them that say like, Hey, you know, what can I do right now to shift my life? What kind of decision can be made right now that would massively impact the way they're actually being and living? Mm, it's a great question. There's a quote from uh, Matthew McConaughey. 
Hey! Was a, a famous uh, a famous actor, and he was giving his uh, he got an Oscar for his role in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, and um, he he said something that stuck with me. That is something that I lived by, but never put into words. Um, he said something along the lines of, "My biggest inspiration in life and my mentor is me in five years from now." And so it's future a crazy self. thing, but if you can look at your future self on the path that you're on and say, is that person inspiring me? Is that person, you know, is that person doing all the things that I want to be doing? Is that person accomplishing based on the things that I'm doing now? Is that person in five years? You know, you don't have to have a five-year plan. Some people like to do that, but that's not what I'm saying. You don't need a five-year plan. It's, is that is the path that I'm going down, when you look ahead a little bit, is that person inspiring you? You know, and if it's not, then you have to ask yourself, like, okay, what can I do now to change that so that right. the person I am in five years, I can look to as a mentor and as a guide for me. Right. Like, what is what are those? What character? You know, how am I showing up? What characters do uh, traits do I have that perhaps I can work on, change, different? Perhaps the people I'm around do I have to shift? Um, the friends who I hang out with or the people at places that I go um, that could really dictate, you know, the way how you choices that you make that will dictate your future and your life. I love that. Looking up to the person that you are in the future. That's, that's, that's really incredible. So um, I will right now, maybe we could just take a you know, few minute break and, uh, or just not break necessarily, but part of it, just maybe enter the next stage of our conversation, a, a, a little transition uh, to hear some, maybe one or two songs, maybe one song for now from your new album, uh, from Human, um, that you'll be able to uh, share with us, maybe give some backstory behind it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I know I would love to hear it. I'm sure people around would love to hear it too. For sure, dude. I'm just going to plug, I'm going to get my guitar, I'm going to plug my phone in because I see my phone's done. So. Yeah, let's do it. One second. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're getting a private concert from the one and only Jericho um, mm-hmm. from a new single from his new album, Human. Human can be found anywhere where music is found. It's on YouTube, Spotify, the works. How's that? Thumbs up. Did you hear that? Perfect. Beautiful, yeah. yeah beautiful. So this song, um, this is a song that I just made that video for overnight called These Days. It's not on Human. It's just like a song that I just you know dropped last week um, might be on something in the future might re-record it put on Spotify we'll see um, but it's just about you know what we're going through right now it's a crazy time you know as we all know um, and the pretty much the point of the song is as you pick up is like you know what we're going through is it's changed our entire reality and our understanding of like what's important to us and what's you know what what we thought was stable and what's not stable anymore um and there's a lot to learn from this time i think there's a lot of growth that can be done on your own with your family um the people close to you and the question that the song asks is is you know are we gonna are we gonna get what we're meant to get out of this time are we gonna kind of just let it slip by Mm. so that's kind of the there you go. 
say goodbye to what you know You're all sitting here at home Thinking about the times we would sit together All we do Hey, hold on. Forget the words. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really in my repertoire yet. They wrote it last week. All right, guys. This is incredible. We're getting exclusive in the making yeah, of a dude. song with Jared. All right. Let's do it. Let's go. Write your lyrics in the comment section below, guys. We can be part of this process. There you go. Yeah. Say whatever you want as long as it rhymes. <laughs> All things we thought would count, they have no meaning to us now. What we have is who we have inside our homes. But tell me, well, this is done, and we go back to life. We remember these days forever. Will we go back to our ways? Will we remember these days? Forever, we go back to our ways. Oh, so let's try and have a smile. I know it's been observed. Oh, Yeah, you hear that love, Yanni? You hear that love? Alright. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. Wow. So beautiful song. Wow. Nice job. So wow, Yanni, that's that's beautiful. I would highly recommend you to please record that because there's so much depth and this this is a song I feel like, you know. Every single person could connect to and relate to, you know, these days and the message where you share it. It's like sometimes you put out a song and not perhaps not everybody experienced a heartbreak or didn't go through that journey. But this, something like this, we are all going through right now. And I think it's, uh, it really touches the chord, uh, you know, really touches the land. So that's beautiful. And that's really amazing. I said, it's just crazy that, that we're just all on the same page right now, you know? It's just such a rare thing that I don't think we've, we've ever experienced as like a human race where we're just like, we're just all like, yeah, dude, I feel you, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's like, that's probably one of the most, one of the most important things to like being uh, a human, which is kind of what this album is about, is about like exploring what that means uh, is and the deepest thing that you can say to somebody is like, I feel you, you know? Even if you don't know, even if you can't relate to their story at all, you've never lost somebody or you've never, like you said, you've never had your heart broken. But to just be able to like tap into somebody else's experience and say, I feel you is like our, our highest, 
power. Oh, that's yeah. And, and this is definitely a time where, you know, there's so much, there's a lot. Yeah, of course, there's, there's not, of course, there's so much pain and there's so much challenge and there's so much, you know, discomfort. And at the same time, without that and with that entwined, there's so much triumph and there's so much joy and there's so much reason to like wake up in the morning and to show up and to share whatever talents we have, any message that we have, any positivity that we could, you know, scrape off the walls of our soul and just share that with somebody else. It just goes a long, long way. And, um, and like you said, and echoing your words, there's no, there was no other time where every single one of us have been experiencing a unified the world is so unified like this it's 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 amazing when someone comes out of, as a, out of a hospital whether we know them or not how joy how how happy are we we're like all fighting this one common enemy and we're like anytime there's some victory there's like yes and um and every time there's a story of like someone conquering someone just getting over the symptoms or coming out of the hospital it just brings so much light and joy and uh and for anybody who's listening and and watching is you know, whoever, wherever you find yourself to, to truly take a moment to reach out um, and take on a project. I think even go through your phone list, go through your contacts. And uh, this is something I've been trying to do and uh, inspired by my actually brother-in-law. We, we did this recently. Um, and he just found two people in his, in his contacts who perhaps he thought would feel a little lonely. And this is a time where isolation is just peaking, right? You're alone, you're quarantined in your apartment, you're single or you're away from your family. Like you're alone and being alone can be a very dangerous thing. So just to go out, go, go through your contacts, reach out to one or two people who you just feel like maybe just need a little pick me up and uh, reach out, shoot them a text, WhatsApp, or give them a call at his best and say, hey, I'm thinking of you. How are you doing? And uh, it's, a, it's a game changer. On that note, and I was on a run and it suddenly everybody started clapping and I was like, I forgot about that thing for a second. And then I saw it, literally everybody around and starts clapping and cheering for the health, healthcare workers. And I like that caught me off guard. So I got a little emotional, just like how crazy it is that like we're all literally we're all in this together. Mm, yeah, powerful, powerful. Like I'm when hearing you're running. Yeah, when you're on a run in New York City and everybody's in their headphones and everybody's in their own world, like you, you don't even you forget that everybody anybody else exists. But then, like during that moment where all the runners stop and they start clapping, it's like, oh wow! Like even though we're all in our headphones and we're all doing our own thing we're all also in this all, all in this together wow yeah that is incredible to be a part of i've yeah. i've been living vicariously through social media I'm not, I'm not in new york at the moment i'm home in connecticut with my family which i'm blessed to be part of but yeah that seven o'clock and i know if you get my friends in paris i know they as well they, they go out the balconies and they all clap together and and show support for the people in the front lines who are really out there and helping those who are sick and unwell and uh and of course, here in the podcast and everybody's watching, we're, we're of course all supporting and doing what we can to support them, whether it's through, you know, prayers or clapping, donations, donating masks, whatever we can. Um, so to enter this next stage of, of the Zoom, uh, this chill and podcast, you're such a intense, loving soul and guy. And I know you've talked a lot about your journey to finding your second half, you know, your other half, maybe your better half. Um, and sure. I'm curious to know how, before, you know, finding Simeon and hearing a bit about that story, what was your journey like as a, you know, single, single Jewish guy in New York? Um, what did that process look like um, dating? And I think a lot of people um, who are single dating out there, I know for myself, I'm quote unquote older single. What, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it took a lot of different, um, if you saw me at different stages, it looked very different. 
um, I, I kind of went through it all in that sense, like, you know, and I think it's all on the scale of like, how, how seriously am I trying to find my, and I think it was just like a growing scale of like, as I matured more and as I became more serious, like my ability to hold more and my ability to, um, like bring myself in the same way that like what I was saying before, you can see yourself in five years from now and what you're like and what you're, and the same thing is with the person that you're looking for. Like at certain points, um, I was, I know that I was looking for the wrong person in a way, you know, I was looking for the person that I just, just wanted to have fun with, or just, you know, like certain things that were like, just not what, I, what, what I really should have been looking for in a wife. Um, but that's because I was at that stage in my life and that's okay. You know, like we all, we all, we all have that. Um, but the Arizal, who's a famous, uh, famous Makuba Kabbalist, um, from the 15th century, he has this, this whole idea about like soulmates, you know, separately from what we, what a lot of uh, modern culture understands as a soulmate is that we actually have multiple soulmates. Um, and it's based on where we're at. You know, so if you're, if you think of yourself and your self growth as like ladder, you know, when you're on the second rung of the ladder and you're on self growth, you have a, a partner who is also, you know, you know, usually the women are ahead of the guys. So you have somebody here, but if you can push yourself to get here, then you'll have a soulmate who's, who's here, you know, and then at the right time you'll link up and then you'll grow together. But, uh, I think that process of finding my, other half was is was a lot about me pushing myself to grow because i knew i wasn't there yet um and how did you know, you know where people. what was there and what was what was there and how do you know you got there because i feel like as a you know always talking about like you know i'm not ready yet i'm not there yet, i'm working on myself i feel like that in itself could be a trap for someone who's working on themselves who's single and they can be authentic and real and truthful about that but where is that line where it's like okay and now i'm ready when's when's anybody really ready I don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily like ready because you're never really ready, you know, especially because the point is that we're, it's all about growth. And so it's not ready to say like, okay, I'm done growing. It's ready to say, okay, I've done everything I could do on my own. And now I'm, I'm, I found somebody who we're like, we're running at the same pace. We're ready to grow at the same pace in the same ways and push each other. Um, and then, you know, say we're running a marathon, right? You ran a marathon, right? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Yes. I, a couple of halves. My first full will be this coming year, November. Okay. Amazing. So, you know, like a, a powerful thing about running when you're running with a group of people is, uh, attaching to somebody who's running a little bit faster than you. And that's a really helpful thing when you're running a race, sure. um, because then you can kind of like, you can kind of like latch into their pace. Um, and that'll bring you through different parts of the race or the whole thing. Um, and that's kind of how I think it feels with finding your two monthly where you're like, okay, that person is, I want to run with this person. Mm. Love that. I love that. When you, when someone types in, uh, re- search related, uh, re- search related to Yaniv Hoffman on Google, the top like five are like Yaniv Hoffman engaged, Yaniv Hoffman wedding, engagement, married age um so there's a lot a lot of course a lot of talk around uh you getting married of course getting married to uh saint plansky from uh the frock frock nyc um unusual different incredible and amazing 
but I'm just trying to put myself yeah. in your shoes, which I mean, it's hard. Um, insane that how does one go about that? How did that? I'm just curious to know, just maybe a short, brief history of how you guys met and synopsis of, of, of your connection. But that's huge, you know, for, I mean, she's a couple years older than you, of course, and people forget about that. Oh, she's older than me. But then, like, coming in with three kids and, um, what, what, if you just can maybe take me to, like, that mindset, how did you step up into that plate and be able to hold so much? Because I do admire that. It's truly amazing, uh, for someone that, that, to be able to step into this, into this role. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is different, and I, I feel that. What's funny is that people, people do like when they hear the story, they're like kind of shocked. Um, when you're in your, when you're in your own life and your own narrative, it's like harder to, uh, to see that in a way. A little bit of the story itself will help answer the question. I think um, is that I was, uh, uh, I was invited. I, mean, I knew the story. You know, I was close. I was close with um, with her, with Shua, her her previous husband, his brother, um, and so I was very connected to it when it happened. Um, I had never met her. I'd never heard of her before. Um, and then, uh, so I was close with with Menachem's name is, and then about a year, uh, you know, exactly a year after Shua passed away. Um, I was invited to the yard site and then that was like the first time that we, like I, I really seen her in person. Um, and there was no sparks there or anything and not even like a thought in my mind, you know, that was like the farthest thing from my mind. Sure. Really. Um, <laughs> right. and yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You show up to a barbecue, a bonfire and like, yeah. okay, you let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pick this one. Three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kids, you said. Sure, let's do this. Yeah. Um, no, but then it, it was a few months after that when I uh, I was invited for Shabbat, and I actually remember. Um, I actually remember before I went to uh, I was at Kabbalat Shabbat before we were going there for dinner. Um, and I remember davening, like I, before Kabbalah Shabbat, before Shabbat, I like to daven about that upcoming Shabbat, um, mm -hmm. and kind of like what I hope will happen and what I, if, you know, if I'm, let's say working through something during my week and I want to, and I want to like focus on it over Shabbat to help solve it or bring it positive energy, then I'll think about it during Kabbalah Shabbat when I'm singing. Um, and I remember thinking to myself like, at that Kabbalah Shabbat, I said, I hope that, you know, me and my friends that are going for Shabbat can bring some joy into that house. Um, cause it was her first time hosting Shabbat dinner since she had passed away. Um, and I walk in, um, and Sophia, my four year old, she's like, she was like two at the time. And she's like, mommy's getting dressed upstairs, but you can go upstairs if you want. <laughs> she, she loves that story. She thinks it's hilarious. Um, if God wasn't saying something to you so. then, my man. <laughs> Um, and so I, uh, I'm at the Shabbat table and Joshi, who's named after his father, he, um, he was very shy, uh, six months older. He, 
like not going to anybody. Um, and then he went to, uh, he went, he was like kind of pulled to me. Um, and so we were just kind of chilling and he was like hanging out on me and sitting on my lap. And, um, and then I made, I, as a Chabad, you know, Chassid, I make my own Kiddush when I go places. So I'm there on Friday night and we're at the table and, uh, and I'm holding Joshi in my arms and I have a Kiddush, you know, I'm holding a Kiddush cup and I like look around and I see Simi and I see the kids and I just had this moment of like intense clarity and I was like, yeah, it was a crazy moment where I was wow. just like, this is my path. And the second after I felt it, I was like, that was crazy. Never think that again. <laughs> abort, abort. Yeah, literally. I was like, get out of here. Like, don't look, don't make eye contact with this woman. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Think, um, Whoa, what's wow. So you had this moment of clarity. This is my path. Then you bounce. You're like, nah, this is not. Never think this again. Did you feel like someone saw in your thoughts? You feel like Simi picked something up in that moment? Do you guys ever, like, is she, do you ever, I mean, obviously sharing this with her, and did she feel anything in that moment when she saw you holding Joshi and St. Kiddush? So she actually has, uh, she did a podcast with Mama Mia, which is like this big podcast in Australia. Um, and that was a really good, she did a really good job and told the story like really well and like from her side of it which is something I don't get to hear very often. Um, but uh, I remember I was listening to the podcast. So I was like, wow, this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, a little insane, but, she, but great story. Yeah, totally. Um, that's what I was thinking. When she was telling the story, I'm like, that guy must be crazy. Uh, but, but yeah, she, she at that moment was like thrown off by having a guy in her house holding her son. Um, and she also felt like this, this kind of connection of, you know, at that time for, for her, it was like, she felt very, um, guarded, you know, she was not looking to date anybody. Um, she was not, her heart wasn't open, uh, really. Um, but she, but she knew she, she has part of her story that at the Yort site where, where we first met, she, um, she like spoke to Shua and she was like, I can't do this alone anymore. Mm. Um, and that's when we first met. So, yeah um that after that I, I was i was literally so at the time i mean if we're if we're already like deep in it i'll tell you the whole story <laughs> but yeah, um, totally. at, at the time i was actually uh with i was dating somebody else at the time um and so it was really like a ridiculous thought um it wasn't like seriously dating but i was like going i was at the time like you asked me about like how I would date and how, you know, how that went. So I was like in the system, you know, I was going on dates and, and I was like building a vessel for finding my wife. Um, and so I was about to go on a trip to Israel. Um, and so I pushed that out of my mind, like totally. And then that week I was, uh, I'm on my way to Israel. Um, and, uh, I, I'd like to go to the Ohel, um, before on the Ohel is where the Lubavitcher is buried and he's, he's on the way to JFK. So I like to stop at JFK on my way, uh, on my way to JFK. And so I went and I was like going with the intention to ask for clarity about this girl that I was going to date in Israel. Um, mm. I was going to write a letter and say, you know, I should have, you know, if it's right, then I should have, uh, that I should have a clear understanding. Um, 
And, uh, and so I go there and I go to the mikvah, which is like, which is an underground pool of water, uh, that, mm. pur- you know, to pur- purify you before you guys on Instagram have to see Emmanuel doing my hand motions here. Um, <laughs> and so I go to, I go to the mikvah and as I'm in the mikvah, like I go down and under the water and suddenly I get like bombarded with like images of this. Literally, like her and Simi, and just like I come out of the water, I'm like, I'm like, wow, it's weird. Wow. I'm like, this it's is like, like intense, a, vivid a, visions. Yeah, very like. I was like, where did they even come from? I wasn't thinking about it. Like, I wasn't. It wasn't on my mind. Um, and I just, I, I really, I came back and I just kept trying to ignore it. Um, and uh, and then later on, we made the connection that like the the Ohel. When when you're in the mikvah, like, oh, you're underground. I was underground, and literally, probably a hundred, two hundred feet from where Shua is buried. And so there's this kind of like crazy image that we have of like both of us underground, um, like parallel to each other. When that kind of moment of like spiritual realization happened, um, which is a powerful part of it too, because I felt a strong connection to him and his soul. Um, which I think if I didn't have that connection, I, it would be harder to, to pull this off. Um, All right. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Have you, you know, well, I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> the, um, what was the, what was the defining moment where you just like said, I'm going to jump into this and this is, this is what I, I'm going to give this a, a real shot. Um, I, I kind of like shopped it around. I shopped around the idea to like some of my mentors, like in a very, uh, like I have a friend. Uh, abstract I have a friend. Way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, there's somebody that somebody asked me about marrying a, a widow with three children. Like, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's um, right. That's definitely, um, uh, a loaded question. But I came, I came to a point where I was just like, it was on my mind so much and I just like couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, just open the, I was like, I was like, bef- I remember before and I was like, if you open this door, you're, you're opening, uh, in Hebrew, it was like a wachad door. You're opening a big. And diving about it a lot before it did, but then I, once I sent one text message, uh, that was the game over. <laughs> oh. Wow, brother, that's 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 really 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 special, and uh, and I and I love you both and and the whole family, and uh, yeah, you may may you guys continue to be blessed with this continuous joy and 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 happiness and and simchot and just a lot of many many reasons to smile and to celebrate. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Oh, absolutely. Um, to wrap to the slowly wrap things up. Um, first of all, yeah. this an easy question. How did you come up with the name Jericho? People want to know. I'm also curious. Why Jericho? What's Jericho? Yeah. So Jericho, my, my middle name is Joshua, which is a surprise to a lot of people, especially because of our, my story. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. name of, of my, my wife's um, former husband. That's a trick. Name my son. I know. Yeah. Um, wow. All, I'm getting chills. Joshua. Yeah. And, uh, the story of Joshua is is that 
he was the one to lead the conquest into the land of Israel. Um, and the way that the conquest happened um, was they, they circled around the city and blew shofar. And that's how they broke down the walls. Um, and I connected to that narrative because it's about, it's, it's, not, it's about how powerful sound can be and sound can break down walls. And so that's what I'm, that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm a Joshua trying to break down walls through sound. Jericho. Woo! Hey, in, in Jericho fashion, going deep. I love that Jericho. Wow. Understanding that now just brings, wow, so much more to the, to your name. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, in a Jerusalem Post quote, you they asked, this is back in the day when you were a commander in the army, uh, you ended off, the, 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 the article ended off, you were saying, you are expressing yourself how being a commander, you, um, you've, you've grown so much, you learned so much, um, and you ended off, there's a quote that they have for you, you say, I believe nothing in life will be so difficult anymore. Does this statement still hold true? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're like 19 year old uh you know and he was like i got this dude i i can't even express how at the time i thought that like not sleeping for days at a time and eating tuna with covered in sand and going on missions arresting terrorists like i was in the west bank for a year uh like taking care of soldiers i didn't realize like i thought that was like difficult until you have three kids and like they're all cranky at bedtime and they just they just whoop your a <laughs> <laughs> school man no matter how many push-ups you could do a miles and yes. it's that literally like i i i tip my hat to especially single moms um it's just like parents parents go through a lot man parents is like parenting is a is a full-time job and it's intense especially if you have other things on top of it, like trying to have a job and trying to make money and, and you know, whatever it is. Trying um, to write music. Or being, yeah, trying to write music. Um, trying to make, trying to make clothes. Yeah. Yeah, switch it to the other one. Simi just walked in. She just finished the cooking class. Wow, um, Simi. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that, those days were very difficult and especially like physically taxing. But uh, I've I've been through a lot since then, and uh, it's you know, listen, thank God, like we we should always be upping our challenges because it means we're upping our game, you know. Amen. We could, As I can see you in the reflection, putting on your shit. <laughs> we all we see everything, Simi. We see everything. Um, <laughs> as 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 a friend of mine says, new levels, new devils. You know, every time oh, you level oh. up, there's new challenges. I love that, man. So, that's a really good, um, a good reminder to have. Like, if something is difficult, that's you know, you maybe your 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 biggest breakdown is also your biggest breakthrough. Your biggest breakthrough. Pop was pretty much merch, and like you have these two pieces. What are you fighting for? And the other one is get let's get lost together, or um, lost here together. Yeah, one lost here together. Like just two great lines. I'm just curious to know the just the backstory behind why those. Because I I actually I hesitated about putting out merch because i always get stuck on there like where am i going to put on a sweater where am i going to put on a t-shirt my face come on you know like ask me some one-liner bad not bad I may oh may k have a great day i wear your face but then people would be like why is that guy wearing his own face his on own, his seriously by the way the instagram uh comments are blowing up like what are these twins talking to each other about yeah. um i literally lo- i left parties in the city people screaming Yanid, Yanid. Like, i'm like turning around people give me hugs halfway i'm like what I'll take the love. That, literally, that happened to me on the street, too. That's how I met my vocal coach. No, like, oh, well, yeah. What's his name? Um, yeah. Josh. Josh, yeah. He walks up to me on the street, and he's like, Mayor, Mayor. 
And I'm like, uh, no, but. <laughs> but hey, I could sing. Yeah. And so then we started. And literally that moment, he came over to my apartment and we did a vocal lesson together. It's like hilarious. Whoa. That's wow. It's incredible. Putting, yeah, it's in there. Bring, bring people together. That's what we do. What I don't tell you about is the times where I actually say yes when people are like, you Mary Kay? I'm like, yeah, I am. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> so, well, you just gave me a great idea now. So, hey, I appreciate it. Oh, man. Sammy, what do you have to say about this gentleman beside you? Huh? The, fir the first thing I wrote ever about him when we got engaged was that, and I, and I stand by that every day and I will for the rest of my life, that I have an angel on this earth and anyone people can't see what he does every day and how he does it and how he overnight became a father and and aunt, like the best father and husband and best friend and support so well how do you describe an angel on this earth it's like superhuman so that's how i describe him Oh, it's true though. It's it's so true. It's it's, it's so hard what he does and what he came into, and he's a legend. He catches some juicy moments there. Yeah, okay, exclusive right here. I always <laughs> wanted Simi on the podcast. I always wanted you to have the podcast. And here we are together. So we got the kids are sleeping right now. I can't now. believe you ask any before me. Oh, I've asked you before, but we can never. Uh, yeah, oh, I did ask you, but then you have to like, go off to Israel and get married or something. So that was yeah. like, oh, important um, to this gentleman right here. That's, wow, that's beautiful. I mean, so, I mean, I guess you guys are really the the epitome of when it comes to um, like strength and about making something work. I mean, there's no one, besides, I mean, I can think of anybody besides you two who like have challenges and work through it. Like what, what would be the number one piece of advice you would give uh, you know, a couple right now in quarantine who are like going through hell because they're in quarantine after six weeks. What's something that you could maybe just give them like a little like, yeah, some a tip or advice that could help maybe shift the consciousness of the conversation that they're having right now. Mm. So we did not expect, it's, yeah, this is, well, yeah. It's, it's his interview. <laughs> it's his podcast. Yeah. Uh, run. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I think I was having this conversation with somebody, a friend of mine who's who's looking for his wife now. Um, she missing said, or like? No, <laughs> she's just like he's on the search. <laughs> this is good. I got it. Yeah. Um, that I said something that Simi and I uh, hold uh, as a very powerful tool in our relationship is the ability to what we call lock in, um, and. It's something that that it doesn't matter. That the point of it is that like when it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It's, it doesn't matter what you're feeling and what the external environment is, what your thoughts are, what your emotions are. If you can lock in with somebody and put it all aside and just say, you know, we're on the same team and we're going to get through this together. Uh, I think that's like the most powerful thing. Lockdown. Yeah, lock in. Where it's just like, lo yeah, lock in. It's just like whatever's happening, we're in this together and yeah. and we're going to get through it, you know. I think, I think the lock in essentially is the moment of truth. When you both realize that this is 
the person that I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with and I cannot wait. So whatever happens, if the relationship is based on this moment of truth that's down here, when things get stressful or crazy, instead of feeling like, oh my God, maybe he doesn't want to be around me right now. Maybe it's too much, maybe this or that. It's like, no, deep down here, we're locked in. We know why we're here. We're, we can only do this together. So yeah. always going back to that moment of, to that place of truth and be like, no, why are we here? We're here because God wants us to be together and we know that we're supposed to be together. So that's how we're going to tackle everything. The way that I, I explained it to my friend. I should like, give you back this. Your thing. No, no, you, this is great. The fans want more. Yes. The, the way that I explained it was like, if you can imagine two um, like massive pieces or two massive like spaceships or, you know, like floating through space that need to connect to each other, right? Which is something that happens on space stations. You have like these two pieces that are literally floating through space with no gravitational pull. And then you have to connect them so that, so that they're so connected that no air is coming through. Right. And so there's, you know, it takes a lot of engineering to like get these two things, massive things that are floating through space. But there's one point that's like this big, literally that if it can, latch on like this and those two things won't move you know mm. and so it's all about that one that one piece that you have that can like really lock in um, and it doesn't matter how big the spaceships are or what's going on in space you know it's like as long as you've you have that moment where it's like you know like <laughs> whatever your grip whatever may come like, exactly you'll be sp spiraling through through the universe but you have each other there's no letting go I feel like there's something poetic about that, something lyrical, lyrically beautiful about that. Maybe uh, two Maybe lovers in space. Song. <laughs> hey, what do I know? What do I know? Um, but uh, I'm just, I hand it off to there, you. By the way, I heard you, I heard you sing and play, man. I think it's, uh, soon we're going to get the, uh, Bro, that's, that's on the heard, horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, no. Two, two, that was like two days in Purim. Voice was gone. I sing from the soul and I got soul, buddy. But uh, yeah, GC. F minor. That's what I got. Say tonight, <laughs> tomorrow will be gone. Come to and the numbers start dropping. Okay, I'll stop. Um, so the, I guess I just want to end off. Uh, I, I this is actually a great moment for you both are here, but I would love to end off with a song with from you, uh, Yaniv. I would. I want to end off by this is the Great Day podcast. I want to ask you in the process of me if you're here already. What is a great day for you, Yaniv, and you, Simi? Enduring Corona. No, in life, what's how do you define a great day? What's a great day for you? But yeah, but it could be Corona. I mean, this is life right now. So I go first. Yeah, you go. A great day. First of all, I love the name for the podcast. It's really awesome. Nice. Um, and I love I love you and everything that you do, and and I'm honored to be your friend and a part of this. Thank you. Um, it means a lot. Yeah, a great day. I think a great day. That's honestly, it's changed a lot the answer to that question has changed a lot for me in the past few months <laughs> um you know but but i think a great day probably has to do with the the mission that you're currently on we have a lot of missions throughout our lives you know at, at different stages we're supposed to be accomplishing different things um you know for some people it's just you know let's say for somebody who is the head of a company a great day for them is going to be, 
you know, running the whole ship without any problems. And for somebody else, it's, it's gonna, you know, who's, let's say, suffering with depression, a great day is just making it through the day, done, making it through the day, you know? Um, and so I think that we, a great day for us can change on a, on a daily basis about what it means to get through a day and for it to be great. Um, I think right now a great day is, is having a day in which I have like a moment, um, of like a, a powerful moment with each member of my new family, um, at least once throughout the day, whether it's like, and since we're in that stage of like building our family and building relationships, you know, I'm building, um, even though they're my children now, we're still very much so in the process of building relationships. Um, as am I with my wife too, you know, we're still a young couple. Um, and, relationships take time and so i think a great day is just if i can have a day in which i had one beautiful moment that like pushes our relationship forward with each kid um and with simi where it's like it could just be you know it, it could be a monumental like, thing where one of them starts a, give, to me, me give me an example like what would be an example for like what's what's something meaningful and impactful like what would that look like whether it's, give me one with simi and one with one of your children um yeah i mean like at this point, it's like if Sophia uh, falls and scrapes her knee, that 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 she that her first reaction is like Abba, and she runs to me to like fix it, you know, um, rather than like not feeling comfortable or like not wanting to rely on me. Um, you know, that's a powerful moment. Um, or like um, you know, I'm telling uh, I'm in the midst of a, a story. Now that like I tell to Emmanuel at night before she goes to sleep. So if we can get grab that moment, if it's not too hectic at night, at night at bedtime and it's not too late and we can get like a few minutes to tell a little bit of that story and she's engaged and it's a very it's like one of those moments. Um just like little things like that. Mm. That's beautiful. Okay. Okay, that's 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 a hell of a day right there. I'll say that much. What right? about with me? What yeah, okay. What's a great day? I was about to let us slip and look. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Give me an example of Simi. Uh, a great day with Simi. We're tag teaming me. Yeah. Um, oh, man. This is what I think. Stay out of pipe. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're all listening. I mean, listening. <laughs> there's a little bit of a deal. I can't hear you. What you we're, we're breaking up. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's in in a way, it's the same thing. It's it's just those those moments where we can we can grab a few minutes of calm, um, in which we can just be real with each other and and express the way that we're feeling openly um, and without without being distracted by the kids or by what's going on around us. Um, like what mentioned before, like those locked in moments. Um, are really powerful and they progress your ability to stay locked in more and to be, um, to be connected. So, so, you know, her and I, we're trying to, you know, we're also trying to have fun right now, you know, like trying to keep it light so we don't get too caught up into the situation that we're in. Um, mm. and so we try to, we try to have fun and, and, and joke around and keep it light. So, so we, we also have those moments where she turns to me, she's like, oh, boy, I cut my knee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simi. Are you happy with that answer? 
<laughs> well, she literally, by the way, literally it happened yesterday. She, like, uh, Sophia jumped off this thing that we have here and she jumped onto Simeon and smashed, like, smashed my thumb. finger backwards. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, you, so in unison, they had, both said, Abba. I was saying Abba because I'm we're, we're like working as a family to get the kids more familiar with them saying Abba and sure sure, yeah, sure. and Simi, what about you what's what's a great day for you? It's interesting that Yanni started with feeling mission based and purpose based because more recently I would say I'm that person who who does run my own company so a great day for me really just like plain and simple went to bed the night before at a decent hour, which gave me the energy to wake up early enough where I could have my own time for myself, plus be there in a happy mood for my kids. Because when I don't sleep enough, I'm, I'm, I get agitated. So I'll be there for my kids in a calm way, calm for myself, have my time to get dressed. We can tag team properly because we both feel organized and rested. By the time I get to the office, I feel like in a good headspace where I can ready to zone out a family and zone into my work, which is my passion. And if I can get out my creativity and have like half the day in my creative zone, but the other half the day in a zone where I'm like checking things off a checklist, I'm like, boom, I did this, boom, I did this, boom, this. That sounds like a dream day. So by the time I come home and I put my kids to bed, by the time it's, I don't have to sit there stressing about how much work I need to do because I feel like I'm in a calm rhythm. This sounds like such a good dream day. I don't know when the last time I had it is. This sounds incredible. Sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds incredible. No, honestly, no. <laughs> well, you got to wish it. I mean, I don't know about, I mean, it sounds, I've been to the office a few times at the frock and, um, Every time I'm there, it seems like you're having such a great day because I show up in the midday and you're like, woo, living the life. I think children, and no, you're not thinking about no family. You're just thinking about that next rock. So like, maybe I've just experienced those few moments, but it seems like you always sort of exude to have a really beautiful way of, of you know, creating that space when you enter that zone. So uh, that's, that's, may you experience more of those great days uh, for many more days Amen. to come. Amen. All right. So, um, Ladies and gents, we've been doing this for a little bit now, and I think a nice way to close this beautiful ceremony of connection, sharing, and love, uh, perhaps any of you will be able to play us a little tune, a little song, a little something, something. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Nice, nice. You hear me? Everything good? Kosher. Over the mountains, under the heavens, I'm gonna search for you all the way. Kingdoms and castles. Forest and battle, nothing gonna keep me away. Yeah. I keep my faith in this journey. Thought of you and I don't worry. I'm gonna find you if it takes all the days in my life. 
And I'm gonna fight for you One day I'll make you my wife I'm gonna find you hey, hey. And I'm gonna love you hey, hey. Lonely rivers Longest winters Keep it warm by the light of day Light is coming, my guitar's coming All that's left is to hold and pray I keep my faith in this journey Thought of you and I will find you if it takes All the days in my life and I'm gonna fight for you and One day I'll make you my wife I'm gonna find you hey, hey. And I'm gonna love you, hey, yeah, hey. I'm gonna find you if it I'm gonna find you if it I'm gonna find you if it takes all the days in my life. And I'm gonna fight for you, eh. and I'm gonna fight for you, eh. and I'm gonna fight for you. Eh. One day I'll make you my wife. Woo! Let me, let me unmute everybody. That is good. That is good. Yeah. I have this for two years on my phone. I never showed Great job. Wow. Wow. All right, cool. Um, That was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that was awesome. Expense. It's so awesome to like turn on like it's you forget I forget that there's like a bunch of people watching um, on Zoom and on Instagram. It's like when you tune in and you hear the the cheering and the laughing and the talking and like hey is there an onion in the fridge? Bring it, you know. It's like okay, yeah, there's other people actually here with us. Um, so that's great. Uh, awesome, Yaniv. Thank you, Nair. Thank you so much for this a last a last word for for anybody that's listening that um, just. Just uh, hang in there. You know, we're going through a tough time right now. And Mayor, I, I you know, owe you a lot of gratitude and we all do for, for putting out content that's inspiring and that it keeps us, uh, keeps us happy and, and even distracted sometimes, you know, which is important. Um, and, uh, you know, but making it meaningful and making it powerful and enjoyable. So thank you for that. And, uh, and just, like wishing everybody a lot of strength and hope and, and love and we're going to get through this and we're going to be stronger for it. Amen. 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 And thanks to you guys as well for showing up as uh, the lampladders that you are each in your own spheres and ways. And it's incredible to see knowing both of you from separate worlds coming together, like it's just next level powerful. So what a beautiful unit you guys have created and a beautiful family. So thanks for spending the time tonight with us. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Simi for popping in. And have a beautiful night. Stay safe. We love you. I love you. Good night, everyone. Thank you for watching. Thanks, Miss. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Yaniv. And be sure to check out my other episodes on the Great Day Podcast. I release new episodes weekly, every Monday. So be sure to subscribe, rate, comment. Your support goes a long, long way. And I I really appreciate it. Uh, Say hi to me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever. Please be in contact. Share it with your friends. Love to hear from you. And uh, like I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great day.